Let's talk about the second most popular American car brand, Chevrolet or Chevy. Chevy has made some pretty good cars in the past few years, and the sales have been increasing dramatically. Let's take a look why. Hello, this is Cars 101. I'm your host, Siddhartha Shendrakar. Let's get started. Let's actually start out with the history of Buick. You'll understand why later. David Dunbar Buick started building gasoline engines in 1899. In 1900, Buick, Auto, Vim, and Power Company was established. Walter Marr, the lead engineer, wanted to make automobiles, while David Dunbar Buick didn't want to start making automobiles immediately, and wanted to focus on stationary and marine engines. Of course, because of this, Marr left Buick and formed his own company. Eugene Richard replaced Marr, and in 1903, Buick was starting to form its automobiles. In 1903, Buick was renamed to Buick Motor Company, and was financed by Benjamin Briscoe. Then he sold control of the business to James Whiting, who had his own horse-drawn carriage company called Flint Wagon Works. Whiting wanted to turn his company to an automobile company, and wanted to add Buick engines. He bought Buick for $10,000 and moved Buick from Detroit, Michigan to Flint, Michigan right across the street from him. Marr was rehired as lead engineer. Marr and David Dunbar Buick made a 2.6 liter two-cylinder engine in their automobile called the Model B. In 1904, they built a few automobiles until he ran out of cash and William Durant decided to step in and buy a Buick from Whiting. Durant helped build a few cars for Buick, and in 1908, Buick was the leading automotive company in the US, destroying their competition. Now, this leads me to the history of General Motors, or GM. So GM is the parent company of many companies, including Chevy. A few of them are Buick, Cadillac, and GMC. In 1908, William Durant decided to start General Motors with Charles Stewart Mott. Fun fact, Mott also became the mayor of Flint, Michigan. Of course, Durant added Buick to the lineup, then acquired Oldsmobile. Oldsmobile was an old car company and shut down in 2004 due to unprofitability. In 1909, GM acquired Cadillac, Elmore, Reliance Motor Truck Company, Rapid Motor Vehicle Company, and Oakland. Reliance and Rapid were the predecessors of GMC. Oakland became Pontiac. In 1910, Durant was kicked off the board of directors for over-leveraging the company. Now, this is where Chevrolet comes into the picture. A year later, Durant and Swiss race car driver Louis Chevrolet founded Chevrolet Motor Company. They were also invested in heavily, including from James Whiting, who I talked about in the beginning. There was no real car made, actually, until 1913, which was called the Series C Classic 6, with a large six-cylinder engine. There are actually many theories about the Chevrolet logo. Some say Durant was inspired to use it by seeing it in a French hotel room. Some say Durant used it to honor Louis Chevrolet, as it was supposed to be the Swiss Cross. Some say it was made because it was in the Atlanta Constitution, which was a newspaper company. Eventually, there were different iterations of the bow tie in different colors and had a specific outline. Blue would be used for passenger cars, gold would be used for trucks, etc. But it was not until 2004 when they had the universal gold bow tie. Louis Chevrolet and Durant fought over the design of some of the cars, and Durant sold his shares in Chevy. They made a very cheap car, the Series 490, which also sold for $490, which is an instant success. So, Durant started becoming more interested in cars again and purchased a controlling share of GM. Durant was made president of GM in 1917. 
Chevy made the Series D, a car with a massive V8 as a 4C Roadster and a 5-seater, but it didn't sell very well. In 1919, Chevy merged into GM as a separate division. Once GMC was made a few years later, Chevy started making almost identically appearing cars and trucks. I have no clue why. Uh, even today, some of the cars are very similar. Chevy was a very good company throughout the 20s, 30s, and 40s. In 1953, Chevrolet introduced the Corvette, the sports car you know today. Chevy started making fuel injection engines, which I explained in the Audi and Mercedes episodes. In 1955, Chevy made a V8 engine that was pretty revolutionary and is the ancestor of today's Chevy engines. By 1963, one in every 10 American cars sold was a Chevy. That's insane. Chevy kept doing better and better, making cars such as the Volt, which is the highest sold plug-in hybrid ever, and more great cars. Let's take a look at the cars after this break. Today we will be talking about the following cars, the Impala, Camaro, Corvette, Equinox, Traverse, Suburban, and Silverado. Without further ado, the Chevy Impala. Chevy Impala was made in 1958, and it was the flagship Chevy passenger car. It was one of the most popular American cars too. The Impala was in production from 1958 to 1985. It was then reborn with a 5.7 liter V8 from 1994 to 1996. Then in 2000, it was reintroduced as a mainstream front-wheel drive. It was also a pretty cool car back in the 80s, and people still have the classic today. Now let's take a look at the current Impala. The Impala is a pretty nice-looking car, although I still like the uh, the one in the 50s and 60s. And it has a pretty good drive now. It has the standard technology that comes in every car, including automatic braking, etc. Nothing special. It is very comfortable and longer than most cars in its class, just as the Impala from 1958 to 1985. The Impala starts at $31,620 with a 3.6 liter direct injection V6. It has 305 horsepower and 264 pounds-feet of torque, which actually makes for a pretty nice drive. In its class, it is the best car for the money, although not the best. If I have a flexible price range, I would definitely go with either the Kia Cadenza or even the Toyota Avalon. Although if I'm on a budget, then of course I would go with the Impala. Next, the Camaro. This car also has history. In 1964, Ford caught everyone off guard by making the Mustang, and people were expecting Chevy to make a rival car. In 1967, Chevy debuted the Camaro. It was $2,466 and was a 3.8 liter i6 with 140 horsepower. The top trim was a 6.5 liter V8 with 375 horsepower, which is very powerful for the 60s and beat the Mustang in power. There were different generations, the 67 to 69, the 70 to 81, 82 to 92, 93 to 2002, 2010 to 2015, and the 2016 to present. Each generation had major differences, and each generation got better and faster. Let's take a look at how it's doing today. It starts at $25,000 with a 2-liter i4, including 275 horsepower and 295 pounds-feet of torque. You can get a 3.6-liter V6 optional and you can get a manual transmission if you want. That trim goes 0 to 60 in 5.4 seconds. There are actually a bunch of trims, but once you get to the top, to the Camaro ZL1, you get the true Camaro feel. 
it starts at $63,000 with a 6.2 liter V8 and of course 650 horsepower and 650 pounds feet of torque. The Camaro has a 0 to 60 time of 3.5 seconds and a top speed of 198 miles an hour. You can get convertible editions on each of these. This car is also very good on the track, coming with four different powertrains, including track mode. You can also get custom launch control, which helps you optimize how you accelerate on the starting line. There's also something called PDR, short for Performance Data Recorder, which captures a video of you driving along with performance data so you can analyze your technique. Basically, you can analyze the speed you're going, your turning angle. It even uses GPS to show the track and what gear you're in and more. It's pretty cool. The sound of this car is great and it looks very sporty. Now, let's see how it compares with its rivals. The real rivalry is Mustang versus Camaro American muscle cars. Some people love the Mustang, while some love the Camaro. It really depends on what you like. Mustang is generally better, but the Camaro has some technology and track abilities that the Mustang does not have. If you're going to the track, even with the base Camaro, definitely get the Camaro. However, if you do not go on the track, definitely go with the Mustang. The Mustang is also much more popular, and I would rather go with the base Mustang than the base Camaro. Next, the Corvette. Chevy sales were going down in the 50s. The Europeans were destroying the market after World War II. If Chevy didn't release anything, they would possibly go bankrupt. So they worked on a car that would be the nameplate of GM. It's called Project Opel. It was made so that it could compete with high-performance European cars and be affordable. It was a two-seat roadster with 3.9 liter I6. However, it wasn't a big hit. Chevy only sold 183 of them. It was sort of a meh car. It wasn't appealing, nor is it sophisticated in any way. The next year wasn't that much better either, but in 1955, once a 4.3 liter V8 was installed, everything changed. This car was a true performance car, and everyone liked it, but they didn't love it. So of course Chevy had to make them love it. So in f 1956, it was redesigned. It was beautiful. It reminded people of the famous Mercedes 300 SL. It was of course a V8 with 210 horsepower. What was even better was a power folding roof. Over time, they made it better and better, faster and faster. Chevy organized the Corvette generations numerically after the letter C. In 1962, the Corvette's first generation or C1 was over, and they made it a 5.4 liter V8 with 360 horsepower. Then in 1963, the redesigned version was an even bigger hit. The C2 generation was starting. They called it the Stingray. It now came in a coupe rather than just the convertible. Now it is the 8th generation, the C8, which actually started this year. Alright, let's start out with the 2019 car, which they still produce. Um, the Stingray. The Stingray has a 6.2 liter V8 with 455 horsepower, 460 pounds feet of torque, a top speed of 190 miles an hour, and a 0 to 60 time of 3.7 seconds. That is very high performance, especially for a price of $59,900. But you can add a package, the Z51 package, to make it even higher performance, adding 5 horsepower and 5 pounds feet of torque with some more performance additions. Next, the, Grand, the Corvette Grand Sport C7. The Grand Sport has 460 horsepower, 465 pounds-feet of torque, 
a 6.2 liter V8, and a 0 to 60 time of 3.6 seconds. A little bit faster than the Stingray and $10,000 more. The Stingray is focused more on comfort, whereas the Grand Sport is more track focused. The Grand Sport also looks much sportier. Next is the Corvette Z06. It is much faster than the Grand Sport with 650 horsepower and 650 pounds-feet of torque, coming at a cost of $80,900. It has the famous 6.2 liter V8 and a 0 to 60 hour of 2.95 seconds and a top speed of 200 miles an hour. This car is very fast and especially for the price, but many people aren't too attracted to the car. If you're in the price range, you're more likely to get either a used Porsche 911 Carrera or even a new Porsche 718 Boxster or Cayman. The next Corvette is the fastest, the ZR1. It starts at $123,000 with 755 horsepower and 715 pounds-feet of torque. A supercharged 6.2-liter V8, a top speed of 212 miles an hour, and a 0-60 to 60 time of 2.85 seconds. Now, this car is the best for its price. The car looks and sounds amazing. This is the only supercar, really, out of the C7 2019 uh, Corvettes. Plus, it has some carbon ceramic brakes, which are pretty cool and actually very good for performance. The only critique I have for the Corvettes is the fact that they are stiff and not as luxurious as some of the cars in their price range. Of course, no one buys this for the luxury, they buy it for the speed. Some people would honestly rather get the 911 Carrera. And but the thing with the 911 Carrera is that in this trim, the it can't go nearly as fast as the Corvette. Obviously, the Carrera has a name and more luxury, whereas this car was meant for the track. This car is only for the track. I wouldn't get this car just for the street. There are much more comfortable cars that could be driven just on the street, like the 911 Carrera. It's the reason this car isn't so popular. Finally, the new Corvette, the C8 generation, it was completely redesigned. It looks so much cooler. The Corvette is now mid-engined, an engine located between the two axles. It looks really sleek and looks much more like a supercar than the C7 generation. It has between 490 and 495 horsepower and 465 to 470 pounds-feet of torque. It has a 0-60 time of 2.9 seconds and a top speed of 194 miles an hour. Of course, it has the massive 6.2 liter V8. The sound is even better than the C7, and the C7's engine sound was beautiful. This car is also fun to drive, all for the price of $58,900, which is actually very cheap for the abilities that this car can bring. I would much rather have this car than the Mustang. However, this is a two-seater, and the base Mustang is a four-seater. Once you go up in trims, however, the Mustang does eventually have two seats. On the track, the... The CA Corvette is a beast. It turns precisely and accelerates extraordinarily. Now, if you want some fun, you can also get a convertible, as always. Now on to the Equinox. The Equinox is a compact SUV starting at $23,000. You can either get a 1.5 liter turbocharged i4 or a 2 liter turbocharged i4. 
The former trim has 170 horsepower and 203 pounds-feet of torque. The latter trim has 252 horsepower and 280 pounds-feet of torque. It's actually a pretty powerful car once you get the highest trim. The Equinox is very reliable and pretty roomy in the back. If you're thinking of buying this car, make sure not to get the base engine. The interior is dull for its class and has standard technology, nothing special. Looking in this class, I am fully set on the Honda CRV, which is much better than any car in its class. But people do like the Equinox, it is the second most popular Chevy. Now on to the Traverse. The Traverse is a decently sized three row SUV starting just under $30,000. The Traverse has a 3.6 liter V6 with 310 horsepower and 266 pounds feet of torque. You can choose between the front-wheel drive and the all-wheel drive. It seats up to eight, which is pretty nice, especially in its class. It's very reliable, as most Chevys are. It has above-average technology, actually, including surrounding cameras that can see from a bird's-eye view when parking. It's a very comfortable ride and has a very nice cabin vibe. Now, how does it match up against its competitors? Not too well, actually. The Kia Telluride is much better than the Traverse. It has more technology, a better ride, more off-road capabilities, and a much nicer cabin. So I would give the Traverse a drive if you were looking in this class. But honestly, you don't need to waste your time. The Kia Telluride is so much better. Next, the famous Suburban. The Suburban is a very popular large SUV. It comes in a 5.3 liter V8 or a 6.2 liter V8. 5.3 liter V8 has 355 horsepower and 383 pounds-feet of torque. The 6.2 liter V8 has 420 horsepower and 460 pounds-feet of torque. This car can seat up to nine people. Isn't that insane? You have an extra seat in the front. It starts at $51,700, but if you want the 6.2 liter, you have to spend over $20,000 more. So most people would actually rather get the 5.3 liter. This car is supposed to be a more affordable car. Like Cadillac Escalade ESV. Of course, Cadillac has a better drive and is more luxurious, but the Suburban is $20,000 cheaper for the base Suburban, of course. Also, more people will take a Suburban off roading. The Suburban is being redesigned in 2021, giving 20 more cubic feet of room, changing the body, and increasing the technology way more, including an adaptive suspension. If you are looking at the Suburban, make sure to wait until the 2021 model comes out. It is completely re redesigned and much better. You can't really get another car like the Suburban for its price other than the GMC Yukon Denali XL which still costs much more. If you can spend $100,000 on a large SUV then go ahead and get the Escalade but the more affordable option is the Suburban. Finally, the most popular Chevy car, the Silverado. The Silverado has been a very reliable and quality pickup truck ever since it debuted in 1999. There are two types of Silverados, the Silverado 1500 and the Silverado HD. The HD comes in many different trims with many different levels of performance and different body styles. The Silverado 1500 is a light-duty pickup truck that can range from a 5.3-liter V8 with 355 horsepower and 383 pounds-feet of torque to a turbocharged diesel. 3-liter i6 with 277 horsepower and 460 pounds-feet of torque. Hold up. Let's take a second and learn what diesel means. Diesel is very similar to a gasoline engine. 
They both use an internal combustion engine to convert fuel into mechanical energy, and the fuel is converted through a series of explosions in the engine. The major difference is the method by which these explosions occur. In a gas engine, the fuel combines with air, which is compressed by pistons and given ignition from the sparks created by the spark plugs. A spark plug is a device that delivers an electric current from an ignition system to the combustion chamber. In a diesel engine, the air gets compressed first, making it hot. The fuel is injected next, igniting it from the hot air. Diesel gives you better gas mileage, better durability, and more torque. It's the reason why the Silverado diesel has only 277 horsepower and a whopping 460 pounds-feet of torque. Its trailing is up to 13,400 pounds and has a max payload of up to 2,250 pounds. The diesel makes it the most fuel-efficient truck in America, with a 23 city and 33 highway miles per gallon, and an estimated highway range of 668 miles. The Silverado 1500 comes at a cost of $28,500, and you get what you pay for. Of course, it goes up pretty high, passing $60,000 fully loaded easily. The next trim is the Silverado HD, is the heavy-duty version of the Silverado 1500. It has a max trailing capacity of 35,500 pounds and a max payload of 7,442 pounds. The Silverado HD is one of the most dependable pickup trucks ever and also gives a decent amount of technology, including 15 cameras that help you park much easier. There is a Silverado 2500 HD and the Silverado 3500 HD. The only difference is the amount able to be towed. The 3500 HD can tow 17,000 pounds more for $1,200 more. Both have the same options and body styles such as the long bed or standard bed or the single or double cab. You can get a gasoline engine or a diesel engine. Of course, the gas engine has 401 horsepower and 464 pounds-feet of torque and a 6.6-liter .6 V8. The diesel engine has 445 horsepower and a massive 910 pounds-feet of torque with a turbocharged 6.6-liter .6 V8 diesel. It starts at $34,600 and, of course, can end at over $80,000. How does the Silverado compare with its rivals? The Ford F-150 and Ram 1500 are more favorable, however not by a lot. When looking for trucks, you must test drive all of them. The Silverado has the best towing in its class and has top-notch fuel economy, however the interior quality isn't as great as the Ford truck class. Ford does get more powerful and has a better infotainment system, but it depends on what you like really. The Ford trucks are slightly more expensive too. But, I predict in 2022 that the sales for all these trucks will decline pretty dramatically due to the rise of the Tesla Cybertruck as talked about in the Tesla episode. If I didn't have to get a truck now, I would wait for the Cybertruck. It's just immensely better. That's all. See you next time on Cars 101.